One of the great temptations that humans face is that we want people to pay attention to us. We want people to see what we are doing, especially if we are doing good things. If we are doing things that are applaudable or worthy of praise, that we do something good, well, you know, people should know that. People should be aware of that. People should uh, give us a pat on the back. And one of the things that I think is always fascinating about getting to look into the scriptures is that you can see that as 2,000 years go by, humanity has changed none. <laughs> and what you have in Jesus' day are religious leaders and teachers who are doing their righteous acts and doing good works, and they are doing it in such a way to make sure that people see them doing it. And, and that's what Matthew chapter 6 is talking about. Uh, he begins in chapter 6 and verse 1, and he just starts uh, speaking about the general problem of doing things for God so that other people can see that we have done them. And he just makes a simple point there and just saying, I want you to take care, be careful, watch out, that when you practice your acts of righteousness and you're doing your good deeds for God and your acts of service, that you're not doing those things to be seen by other people. And in the rest of this first half of chapter 6, what Jesus does is he gives three present day examples in his day of what people were doing. And you'll notice those three examples that you have in verse 2 that you had people who were giving money. And in verse 5, you had people and how they were praying. And then also in verse 16, in the way that they were fasting. And so he gives some pictures about that. The, the first picture that he gives there, I think, is interesting that he says there, I don't want you in, in verse 2 to be giving in such a way as if you were sounding a trumpet. Now, uh, scholars have tried to say, well, maybe there were these giving boxes that were trumpet shaped and we don't have to be so literal. <laughs> we use the same terminology today where we call it tooting your own horn. <laughs> That's don't sound a trumpet when you do something like that to make sure that everybody sees that you're dropping your money, that you're doing good deeds, you're giving to the needy, you're helping these people. I want everybody to notice what I'm doing right now. See how I'm giving right here. Same thing in the, in the next section there in verse 5. He says what they were doing is that they are praying on the street corners. They're making sure everybody can see, look how holy and righteous I am. Look how pious I am. I am a holy person. It's the, it's the designated time of prayer and I will stand out here in the open and make sure that everybody sees that I'm praying. And then you'll notice when you get to verse 16, he talks about fasting and what they were doing uh, is, is pretty funny in verse 17 or verse uh, 16. He says, they disfigure their faces. Oh, I'm really fasting for God. Woo, boy, I'm hungry, but it sure is worth it. You know, we got to do these things for God. And what you see happening in each of these is a warning about doing godly things 
where the motivation is ultimately to be seen by others. They're broadcasting what they're doing, making sure, hey, everybody, make sure you see this large sum of money that I gave. I want to make sure it makes a real big sound so that everybody knows. Uh, I'm going to make sure that it's a great place for you to see my act of righteousness as I'm praying or, you know, disfigure your face. And so when people come up to you and say, hey, what what's the matter with you? Why is your hair dis- disheveled and why is your face contorted? Well, you know, I'm really suffering for the Lord, right? now i'm really you know trying to put it out there for god i think it is an interesting picture because you will notice in the three examples that jesus gives here of giving to the needy in verses two through four and praying in verses five and six and fasting in verses 16 through 18 you will notice that at each point he says hypocrites Verse 2, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do. Verse 5, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. And verse 16, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. That That is like an evil word today. How dare you call me a hypocrite? That, that is, that's fighting words right there to say that, that I'm a hypocrite. And notice Jesus does that. He says, Here's what these people are. These people are hypocrites. And I hope you kind of step back for a moment and think about, well, what's so hypocritical? Why would you call people hypocrites who are doing good deeds? They're doing their acts of service. They're doing righteous things. Why would you call them that? Well, I think one of the things that is interesting that's explained in all three of those sections, verse 2, verse 5, as well as in verse 16, is he will say they already have their reward. And that says something about their motivation. It says something about, about what they are doing, that they are doing these things in such a way so that other people see what they're doing. And one of the things that I think is so interesting about what Jesus says here as this warning is, if you do something and your desire is for people to see you do it, then that act was not for God at all. And that's quite a statement. And that's why he calls them hypocrites. Yes, it looks like this is for God. It looks like you have devotion. It looks like you care about God. It looks like you love God. But ultimately, you really are looking for the praise of people. You want people to see. You want reputation. You want praise. You want glory. You want a well done, a pat on the back. You're doing great. That was impressive. So glad you did that. And he's really telling us here that Anything that we do for God that has a selfish motivation is hypocritical. And I hope that resonates. You think about that. Anything that we would do for God that has a selfish motivation under it is actually hypocritical and not for God at all, but actually for yourself. And you've received your reward, Jesus says. 
quite a picture, quite a warning that is being given to us that the reason our righteous acts of service must be genuine is otherwise it's hypocritical. Now, it's easy to read a paragraph like this and think, well, good thing I don't have this problem. I have not been on the street corners praying, hoping for people to come up to me and give me a attaboy and honk the horn. And yeah, that's great. Way to be praying on the street corner. Never stood on the street corner to be praying so that people would see it. So I'm in the clear. Nor have I done like in uh, verse 16 where I have fasted and I made sure to disfigure my face and not brush my hair and look real raggedy. And people come up to me and go, hey, what's the matter? Oh, I'm fasting for God. Never did that. So clearly we are all in the clear high fives all around and we do not have the problem that Jesus is talking about. Now, you know, the sermon's not over yet. There's far more here for our consideration. And what we need to do is really think about, well, what does this look like in our day and age? What are the temptations that we would face in which we would do things that would be considered as righteous acts, wanting to do them for God, but may actually have selfish motivation, be doing it for the praise of people, for people's attention, for, for those kinds of desires. I think there are a number of obvious ones. I'll, I'm going to just talk about three of them this morning and then talk about some solutions to that. But I, I think one of the most obvious ones is, is just even what we do in public in our, our gatherings. The reasoning why we do what we do in public. And I would submit to you that probably preachers have one of the greatest temptations about this is that you can be up here and your desire is to stand before people for people to listen to you. They'll all say, oh, hey, good job. Really appreciate it. Give you kind words as they walk out the door or things like that. A way to be able to have attention and be able to enjoy that kind of positive reinforcement and praise and glory and all of that. And, and not only in preaching, but there are other things that we do in public from song leading and Lord's Supper and prayer leading and those kinds of public things that can be done that there can be that motivation behind it. And I think it's an important question to ask ourselves in any kind of public thing that we would do in an act of service before the eyes of other Christians is if nobody said a word about what you did, would you be okay with that? If nobody said anything about what you had just done before other people, no one said, hey, that was a good job, really appreciate it, you know that. Nobody said a word week after week after week. Would you be okay with it? Or is there the motivation of, well, hey, <laughs> people need to appreciate me. People need to give me an attaboy and that kind of thing. You see, what God is doing is really trying to test motivation. Why do you do what you do? And we can broaden that out to not only the, the public acts of worship, but just 
any kind of act that we do before God that are going to be seen by other Christians that would perhaps give us that praise. Sometimes people want to become elders or shepherds of a church because they want attention to uh, teach Bible classes for attention, bring somebody a meal for the attention, clean the building, uh, serve the community, be evangelistic, doing those kinds of things. And, and, And there are two warnings that are being given to us here. First, he tells us, Don't sound a trumpet. So when you do good deeds and you're helping people and you're making meals or you're visiting them or you're teaching Bible classes or you're doing those kinds of things, do you make sure other people know you are? Do you make sure to drop a little, yeah, you know, I've been doing a lot of work around here. Oh, yeah, I spent all day Saturday up here cleaning the building, you know, and that, you know, it was a lot of work and, uh, you know, really glad to do it for God, you know. Do we do things in such a way that we drop it so that we're telling people that we're doing these kinds of good works and good deeds? And along with it, what he says there in verse seven, verse 16 and verse 17, which I think is funny, is then he talks about, and if you're fasting, you're disfiguring your face and you're disheveling your hair and all that. So that's a fun one to do is, boy, uh, you know, you come in all tired and we're, man, it has been such hard work how I have been helping my neighbor, you know, doing this, boy, you know, it's been rough and I didn't get to have any rest on Saturday because I had to do these good things, you know, and yeah, I'm whipped by it. There are a lot of ways where we can say things in these backdoor kind of obtuse roundabout ways to try to make sure people know, boy, I'm really sacrificing for God. I'm really laying it out there. You have no idea. Those kids back there, man, they want to string you to a ceiling fan and teaching them is exhausting. It's rough. But boy, I do it. I do it for God week in and week out because I love God. (laughs) It's so easy to do that where we want people to observe. Look at the sacrifice I'm making. Look at the good deeds. I'm being evangelistic. I'm serving. I'm doing good. I'm reaching out to the community. I'm helping my neighbor. I'm helping the church. I'm helping these families. And we want to make sure that people know about it. And this is exactly what Jesus is warning about. Don't look put out and don't go around telling everybody you're doing it. Don't make it such a big deal. Don't act like what a sacrifice you made. Because in doing that, he says, actually, it's not for God. You did it for yourself. At the end of the day, it's not for God. Then you received your reward. You got somebody to go. Oh, wow. You got somebody to say, wow, that's great. Oh, keep it up, that kind of thing. You've got what you were looking for. And I think it's fair enough to to even speak to social media that we do have to be so careful that what we say and what we post and what we show is not about self-promotion. And it's a culture that just lives and breathes self-promotion. It is all about showing ourselves and what we are doing And sometimes we can have the temptation to want to post things so that, oh, look at the great thing God has done. But really what you're wanting is to look at all the comments that everybody's going to say about how amazing you are that you did whatever you did. 
And you move the focus away from God and it's really about ourselves. And we have to be really careful about that. I'm, I'll be honest with you right here at this point. I'm scared to death of that. I, I don't even post on my, my page baptisms because I'm so afraid that that is going to look like, hey, we baptized somebody, you know. I'm afraid of that. I don't want anybody to think that. <laughs> I want the glory to rest only on God and not be like, you know, he's such an amazing preacher as if that has anything to do with anything. It's only because of God that those things happen. But you don't want to communicate that. You don't want that to be what what happens in terms of uh, of that 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 praise. I don't even like saying hey, I'm at a gospel meeting somewhere. Oh, look at you. I mean, who cares? It can't be about us. And this is such a big warning in this text, especially in our culture and our time, which is so much about drawing attention to ourselves and moving attention away from God. And the real subtlety is something that can look like it is God praised and God focused. But really the intention underneath it is you want people to say something to you about what you've done. That's what's being warned about is you can talk about all these great acts and all of these acts of service and all of the work you're doing for God and how you love God. But the reason you really are doing is because you want somebody to make a comment to you about it. You want praise. You want approval. You want a reward. And so we have to be very careful about that, that we cannot allow the slightest motivation be within us that we want people to applaud us, that we don't want that kind of notoriety and that kind of attention. Now, you'll notice the solution that Jesus gives in each of these sections. He also says it three times. A good general rule is given there in verse three when he just simply says, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now, obviously, on a literal sense, that's impossible, but it's a great picture That you are being so secretive and not desiring other people to see that your left hand didn't see your right hand doing it. That's the imagery there. It's like you were so stealth that the left side of your body was so unaware of the right side of your body. That's a great picture that's given to us about what this can look like. And so that's what the imagery that he gives. He says it in in verse four, that your giving may be in secret. In verse six, you're praying that you'd shut the door and pray to your father in secret. Verse 17, fast your head and wash your face so that your fasting may not be seen by others. And so you have this picture of do what you can so that as you do it, it is not attention grabbing to yourself because that's not your desire. It is only God focused and God centered. And I think that's an important image that is given to us because notice what he, he says three times again. Verse four, your father who sees in secret will reward you. Verse six, your father who sees in secret will reward you. Verse 18, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. If you do things not for other people to see them, then God sees them. And if you do things to be seen by others, 
then God doesn't recognize them. That's the picture. If you do these things in such a way without concern for praise and approval and glory, then God will see those works and God will reward you. He will see those things. As I thought about this, it reminded me of that that age-old question that I don't know who came up with it, but it's a curious question proverb that has lasted for a very long time, which is if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one to hear it, does it make a sound? If you serve the Lord and do acts of righteousness and no one sees it, does it make a difference? And God says, yes. Yes, it does. The goal should be to serve the Lord and do these acts and not worry if other people know that we did it. Don't try to get people to see our sacrifice, to see what we've done, to see the good that we've accomplished. This is an important question that we need to ask ourselves. And so as we think about how this comes about, I want to talk about two things in in terms of uh, the life change that I think Jesus is driving at as he warns of people who are doing these things for the praise of people to be seen by others in the various acts of service that they are doing. What can we do to ensure that as we serve God and do what is right, that we do it in such a way so that God is praised and that we will be rewarded by God and not by people? And I think the first thing that we just always need to do before we do anything, say anything in our service to God, in works of service, whether it be in public worship or serving in kids' classes and teaching or or we're in our communities or we're with our neighbors or we're on the job or we're about to post something, whatever it is, to just start with a motivation check. Just right beforehand, just do a quick motivation check. Ask Some of these kinds of questions. Who's going to be glorified by what I'm doing? God or me? Where's the attention going to go? Is the attention going to go to God or is it going to be to me? And let me push it just a little bit more. In what I'm doing, am I wanting to be seen by people? And what I'm about to say, am I trying to dig the compliment out? Am I trying to get somebody to give me some approval, the pat on the back? Or is it really God-focused? Do I really want God to be seen in what is going on? And I think it's an important question. Who's getting the attention? Now, one of the things that I think is interesting to think about here. As Jesus is talking about praying and fasting and giving and doing all these acts of righteousness, that what Jesus does not say is, so you need to just stop giving and stop praying and and, and stop doing all because I just don't want you to be tempted to do it wrongly. He doesn't say that. He just wants heart checks along the way. That as we're going to do good things for God and as we pray and serve and, and, and give ourselves in that way, what is the reasoning behind it? Is there anything within us that is hoping for human approval? Is there anything within us that is doing this for reputation? And so we need to check our motivation and we need to check our hearts. Now, 
Let me put a disclaimer on this for a minute because I don't I want this to go the right direction in the in the teaching and not the wrong direction, which is this. Jesus does not tell us then, so nobody encourage anybody. Now we're commanded to encourage one another. And to give that kind of praise and to say, you're doing a great job. You need to keep serving God, keep sacrificing, keep working, keep doing that. The point is not to say, so don't encourage anybody. The point is self-centered. What is the reason why you're doing what you're doing? Are you in it because you're hoping people see you? Or are you doing it strictly for God? We as encouragers of one another cannot worry about their motivation. They're going to have to deal with their own motivation before God. If they're doing it because they wanted to hear an attaboy out of you, then they've received their reward. And that's sad because that's not much of a reward. That lasted about two seconds. There you go. Hey, good job. Okay, that's done. (laughs) That's a terrible reward. But we're the ones that are supposed to check ourselves on that. So we continue to stir one another up to love and good works, just as Hebrews chapter 10 reminds us to do. But it is ultimately that we check ourselves that we are not doing anything so that others praise us, not a single thing. And that we would really be a warn that there'd be almost like this warning flag within us that if we are concerned about what people think, or hoping somebody says something for what we've done, then that tells us our heart's in the right place. I mean, the wrong place. One of the things that I think that can really come out is when we do something for somebody, and you know what? They didn't even say thank you. They didn't even give me a bit of appreciation for what I did. You just got your reward. You did it for the wrong reason. That's probably the most frequent place we do it. Is we do something and somebody seems ungrateful, unappreciative. They didn't give me the kind of response I was looking for or expected. That's exactly what this is talking about. You did something because you wanted somebody to say something or do something back for you. Do you know all the things that I've done for that person? And they have never done one thing back for me at all. Can you believe that? I mean, I have just toiled and toiled and toiled. I mean, we sang a song toiling on. I have toiled on for that person and they have done nothing back for me. It's easy to do. It's easy to be so concerned about what people think and how they respond and what they give back to you in the moment that you're doing something right and good. And you've completely nullified your act of righteousness before God. When you step back and say, now, what was the response back? You've lost everything. And God then does not recognize that. The second thing that I want to talk about that I think is really important here is I said, Notice three times Jesus speaks of hypocrites. Let me, let me make a point out of this. People are going to be hypocrites. People are going to be hypocrites. There are going to be people who look religious for all the wrong reasons. 
There were people in Jesus' day doing it. There's people still today doing it. And there will always be people who seem righteous, but actually have selfish motivations. And I want you to notice that Jesus does not say, if you find people who are self-serving hypocrites, you just need to give up on God, stop Christianity and go home. Now, it's not Jesus' response. He says, guess what? You're right. There's all kinds of fake people. All kinds of people are being fake, pretending to care about God, pretending to have a devotion to God, pretending to serve God, and it's all a sham. It's all self-motivated. It's all for their own glory. And you've probably encountered that. It doesn't take long to spin the religious world to find people who've done that. It didn't take long for Jesus to encounter that. We're only in chapter 6. And he's already talking about hypocrites all over the place. You are going to find preachers who are self-serving hypocrites. You're going to find elders who are self-serving hypocrites. You're going to find deacons who are self-serving hypocrites. You're going to find leaders that are self-serving hypocrites. You're going to find people who go to church and sit in the church building who are self-serving hypocrites. You are going to find all of those things who are self-promoting, self-serving, self-glorifying, do it all for themselves. You are going to find that all over the place. And I want us just to let recognize that truth cannot shake your faith. Imagine what that looked like in Jesus' day. Here's Jesus. You know all those people in the synagogues that you're looking up to as your teachers? They're hypocrites. So don't go to synagogue ever again. No, he doesn't tell them that. (laughs) He says, you need to watch out for you. Just because people are fake and false doesn't make God fake and false. You're going to find lots of fake people with all the wrong reasons. And they're probably going to burn you somewhere along the line because they're fake and false and are about themselves and not about God and not about doing good and not loving their neighbors or self. It's going to be ultimately about themselves. But friends, we must continue to seek the truth. We must continue to serve God. We must continue to serve, love, and follow him. Even if everybody else proves to be a liar, a hypocrite, completely false, we must be true to God no matter what. And I want to put it this way because I think this is the intent of talking about them being hypocrites is obviously number one, that we would always have the right motivation. But number two, Your faith should never rest on any person. Your faith must never rest on any person. Not on me, not on the shepherds, not on any leaders, not on any deacons, not on anybody else in this room, not on your spouse, not on your parents, not on your kids, not on anybody Your faith must be squarely found on God and God alone. If your faith is built on somebody else and they find to be false and fake and self-serving and self-glorifying, that's going to rattle you. 
If your faith is only on God, you're going to go, yeah, well, that's what God said. There's a whole lot of liars and hypocrites and self-serving, self-glorifying people. And I unfortunately found another one. That's disappointing. It breaks your heart. It really does. But it won't shake your faith. As your faith is on who God is. God will be true. Even if everybody else be found a liar. And so let our faith rest truly on God and seek then God's approval. You don't need my approval. You don't need anybody else's approval. You need God's approval. That's what matters. You want to be glorified by God. You want his praise and you do things for him. Not for what other people will say to you. Not for what other people do. You're going to do everything for God. Your giving is for God, not for anybody else. Your righteous acts are for God and not for anybody else. Your praying is for God and not for anybody else. Your worship is for God and not anybody else. And don't let it ever be for anybody else. Please don't ever rest it on me. It is certainly not about me. This should be completely about your faith in God. And he's warning them. You're going to find fake teachers, false leaders, hypocritical, self-serving people who do it for all the wrong reasons. And Jesus simply just says, you make sure you do it for the right reason. There's lots of false, lots and lots and lots. I'm sure God is heartbroken by how many false people there are. But please make sure that you're not one, that everything you do is for God's praise and God's glory and not for the intention of anyone else. Let's go to God in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we have the great tendency to want to seek praise of others. We like the attention of other people, especially when we do good things. And Lord, I pray that you would really analyze our hearts and help us to dig deep inside of ourselves to see if that be true of us. Lord, help us to realize when we say and do things because ultimately... We're looking for a response from people rather than from you. Lord, we pray that you would give us the strength and encouragement and faith that we need to always do good, to always do right, to serve and sacrifice and give, not because of what other people will do or say, but because we want your reward. Lord, forgive us for all of the times that we have said and done things to try to get attention so that we would receive a little bit of praise and a little bit of encouragement rather than it being directed to you. Lord, help us to make sure that we live our lives so that your glory is on display and not us. Lord, please defeat us for as often as we put ourselves ahead of you and Lord, help us, help us, help us to be visible in our doing of good for one single reason so that others would see you and glorify you 
and follow you and serve you and love you. Help us to be those instruments. Help us to be the image bearers you want us to be. And Lord, challenge our hearts if we are hypocritical. And Lord, encourage us to be seekers of your approval and your approval alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Who challenging words. I think I mentioned to you guys over the last couple of weeks, Jesus does not pull punches and he takes the gloves off in each of his teachings. And he just gets down to it and says, here's what it means to follow me. Here's what it looks like. And I hope that these honest, raw discussions help you pull back the curtain of what can be so false in the world and see the truth of the gospel that you have a God who loves you, who cares about you and has expressed his love for you by sending his son to die for you so that you can be with him, that you can have sins forgiven, that you can enjoy a relationship with him and that you can have eternity with him. That's what matters. That's what you seek is God saying to you, well done, good and faithful servant. I cannot imagine how soul melting that will be to hear those words when we get there. Let that be your praise and your glory alone and nothing else. And we help you come to Jesus this very morning to turn away from sins and come to him with all of your heart. We want you to do that now. Won't you come while we stand, while we stand.